Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Hey there, Miss Fellow Girl in the Dark. <laughs> I know, it's bloody pitch black here. Do you pitch know, I've realised where I live. Well, I haven't just realised this, obviously I've known it for a while. <laughs> In my new place of residence, uh, oh. we literally have no streetlights whatsoever at all. Oh. And where I used to live, in that parish, because we have, the island is split up into parishes, they used to have streetlights. And it's so freaking dark right now. Oh my gosh. Is it like different parts of the island are have different funding? Like how is that? Yes. Really? Yeah. So they have their own, each parish sets its own rates. And so they collect rates for their parish oh. and then they use that as... Oh, you mean the taxes kind of, are different? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So one parish is like, yeah, street lights. That's a luxury yeah. we can do without. Lower yeah. taxes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of the... like semi-countrified where I am. Oh. Don't need street lights, obviously. Oh, interesting. Even though we're on a main road. There's a main huh. road just at the end of the drive. It's kind of creepy. Weird. Very yeah, creepy. That is so weird. So yeah, pitch black. Oh, again, well, and it's funny because again, we are sharing the same time zone because we're like, Mm -hmm. or more or less, because we're both in Europe. And so usually I would be recording in the middle of the day and you'd be in pitch black, but we're both. And I I don't know about you. I've got this scarf on because I'm doing the no central heating situation. So it's about Mm. 12 degrees inside. It's probably like 54 degrees Fahrenheit inside this apartment so it feels like very kind of melancholy but in a sexy romantic way i don't know like they used to do before central (laughs) heating in the 1800s yeah i'm just feeling it it's dark and cold let that mood well actually and okay so because of that i think i need to ask you for some relationship news desk news because i don't only want to hear it i think i need to hear something good now a little bit warm and toasty what do you got? Well, I've got something that might be right up your street, Miss Anna. <laughs> oh my gosh, again, I love it. Thank you. Okay. Right. Today's relationship news, live from the love desk. Live. <laughs> I'm going to share with you that you can fall in love with three people in your lifetime. And each one, you fall in love with them for a specific reason. Ah. Uh. Gosh, this is hitting. Okay, <laughs> go on, go on. All right. Okay, let us begin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your first love. This love often happens at a young age. You eventually grow apart or call it quits over silly things. When you get older, you may look back and think it wasn't really love, but the truth is, it was. And it was love for what you knew love to be. So remember, there are different depths of love. Mm-hmm. okay so that's your first love wow your second love so the second love the hard one you get hurt in this one oh. this love teaches us lessons and makes us stronger this love includes great pain lies betrayal abuse drama and damage oh. but this is the one where we grow and we utilize what we have learned about love Now we know the difference between good love and bad love. 
Now we become closed, careful, cautious and considerate. We know exactly what we want and what we don't want. So the second love is all about learning. Are you ready for the third and final love of your life? Yes, please. Yes. (laughs) All right. So the third love, this one comes blindly with no warning and it creeps upon us silently. You don't go looking for this love, it comes looking for you. You can put up any wall you want, it will be broken down. You'll find yourself caring about the person without trying. They look nothing like your usual crush types and you look nothing like your usual type. But you get lost in their eyes easily. (laughs) (laughs) You can see beauty in their imperfections and you hide nothing from them. You want marriage and family with them and you thank the universe for them. You truly love them. Oh my God. Whoa, (laughs) that's really hard. Wow, okay. Yep, I've heard the three loves for sure. Yeah, I think uh, my second has just concluded. So I get that kind of pain. It's hard to imagine the third from where I stand. And so it's very great to hear this. You know, as I say, I'm a relationship coach. I coach folks all the time. When I speak with folks, I totally see it for them. I totally see it for Mm -hmm. them. Like the most amazing thing about being a coach is that you see your client's infinite potential. You are so believing and certain of their wonder and their skill and their tenacity and their ability to create a better day for themselves tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they're limitless deserving of everything beautiful. Uh, But then when I take my relationship coach hat off and I just sit into good old Anna that's where all the limiting beliefs come in and gremlin Mm. messages and so forth. I'm like, well, not for me. So it's wonderful to hear that there's a pattern of things and I can, I can see it because like the growth period, like, and, and, and may I, may I just say for any of the audience out there who can relate is you don't grow in the middle of the second love. You grow when that love is coming to an end and when it has already ended. So yeah, The usual thing is you hire a relationship coach or therapist or counselor at the tail end of a relationship when Mm. many nails of the most, most people do. Um, And then you start to actually learn for the first time in that relationship. But it's often too late to apply Mm. those learnings to this relationship because, you know, sometimes the nails are already sort of driven in. Uh, But those lessons are going to serve you for that next, right? That third. Uh, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying a few folks like myself, sought help too late. Just saying. Mm, yeah. But yeah. not in vain. The learnings are applying for my third love, apparently. Yeah. Your third love is on its way. <laughs> on its way. I oh feel like gosh. Mystic Meg here with my... Uh, does Mystic Meg mean anything to you? No. She was that? like a psychic that was in a... I think she was in one of the daily newspapers. Oh, okay. And um, so, yeah, Mystic Meg, she used to do that kind of horoscopes and mm. tell your future. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I'm reading the tea leaves for you, Anna. Oh, your it. third love is on its way. It's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> the train somewhere. I think what's really interesting for me when I read about those third loves, like I can see it, I can see that in my life in terms of how it's played out. I think there's a couple of things. So one, it represents really your growth as a person, doesn't it? So you can see how over time we kind of mature a bit, we get more self-assured about who we are and what we want. And you can see that journey through the descriptions. So the first one is kind of like 
not really bothered I'm probably just kind of having a bit of fun I'm just like I don't really know kind of who I am I just probably go with the flow a bit I'm just enjoying things and I almost kind of don't even know when to call it quits mm. but you know the relationship kind of eventually fizzles out for some reason or another mm-hmm. you know and that might be kind of over a long period of time as well it might just not be a kind of short-lived thing the second one is definitely kind of like that rebellious bit like almost kind of I'm gonna you know we can kind of flip to the opposite of what we had originally we want something completely different but that ends up being quite destructive or we kind of maybe um exert ourselves a bit more and maybe that kind of produces a bit more fire in the relationship so you can kind of see it and then I think by the time you get to the third one like you really do know your shit like you know who you are you know what you want you're not prepared to put up with any of the nonsense that goes with kind of relationships all that game playing and you are just kind of more about like look this is who I am and I know I know somewhere out there there will be somebody who wants this and um because there's a fit kind of for everybody so you you just become a bit more self-assured and more self-confident and and I genuinely believe when it says you know I'm you're not looking for it it kind of finds you and Mm. it just kind of works Mm. wow I think what I would like to experience is introducing somebody to my family or to my closest friends, who my longest friends, and for them to be like, oh, Anna, this isn't like all the others. <laughs> because I look at my past patterns. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's no pattern. I don't have a type. But it's actually my sister who she's like, oh, that's totally on brand for your type. You totally have a type. I'm like, no, 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 but he's not the same. No, totally the same as all the others. Um, and generally, my type is people who are kind of dismissive uh, and and avoidant of my affections. That's where I have felt most comfortable is pouring a bunch of effort into people who are not into me. So um, I will very much appreciate uh, my sister in particular being like, oh, my gosh, Anna, you finally broke your pattern. This one is different. I think that's I question where the pattern is. Is it with them or is it with you? Oh, the, well, patterns with me. Hello. Oh, yeah. totally. I mean, I discovered this last week (laughs) (laughs) oh it took so many years to figure that out no it's with Uh, me yeah 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 that whole thing about kind of oh they're different I think actually the position is you're different it's not they're different it's that you're different oh to be sure I mean yeah that I have done my learning to attract a different pattern into my life that's not on brand for my dysfunctional sort of usual self I I don't want to be my usual self in my in my third relationship yeah (laughs) and neither will you be well the learnings are coming fast and furious so like there's no way we're not standing in the same river that I was even like two months (laughs) ago I am such a different person it's crazy Mm, yeah it's crazy if you want a big growth spurt everybody just get divorced (laughs) well that brings me on to one of my other points actually as I was reading that and listening to it I was kind of contemplating well what would that mean if you were in a long-term relationship and you were still with that person so you know whilst we talk a lot about separation divorce relationship challenges there are many many people out there that don't um actually kind of separate divorce they Uh stick with the same relationships not to say they don't have challenges but I could see that same pattern playing out across the same relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so where you have that kind of infancy where you're kind of neither of you are kind of that mature you then maybe go into that middle ground which is the more kind of turbulent times where maybe you kind of hurt each other maybe you maybe there's an affair more maybe yeah. yeah maybe you are kind of more 
offhand with each other you kind of have less regard for each other and then actually you move into that final phase which is um do you know what I don't want this anymore Mm -hmm. kind of for us like this is me this is what I want this is how I want the relationship to be and if you're moving together in the same relationship and your partner comes at you know the same conclusion either at a similar-ish time Mm -hmm. It's unlikely you're both going to come to that revelation at the same time because that's not often how it works. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, as long as you arrive at a similar stage at a, at a similar time scale, that is still possible to move through those three types of relationships within the same relationship. Ah, oh, great point. So that's another kind of observation. Great point. I think you're right. And I think the thing that catalyzes transitions between those is disruptive. It is difficult it's a huge challenge it, it looks like something bad happening to the relationship uh but it, that it's actually the change for good yes yeah correct yeah 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 you've got it oh wow okay all right okay i'll be on the lookout yeah <laughs> and i was looking for number three anybody's out there <laughs> <laughs> he's like, she's looking for her third and final number i know exactly <laughs> before kicking the bucket everybody we should have a raffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is, though, you're only kind of halfway through your life, right? I don't know. You never know how much time you got on the clock, though. Yeah, but average. You're halfway through. Yeah. Which means find them quick. Second half of your life. Bloody wonderful. I know. But to be honest, I'm kind of living <laughs> as if I only have five years left. Yeah. That's a conversation mm. for another day. Now that we're recording in the in the, in the the dark, uh, I, I get to bring my existential self out. I'm like, I do think about death a lot. You know, you're happier if you do. But yes. Okay. We'll split the difference and say I might have 10 years. All right. But I'll okay. act as if I have five, which means okay. living every Let, day. Let's park it on that for now because I feel like that's a conversation for a way another podcast. Way different podcast. I feel like we need to wait until February to I'm back on drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my God, you're like, please don't be cruel and have, <laughs> make me have this conversation sober. <laughs> I need a glass of wine for this, Anna. <laughs> I know. All right, February it is. <laughs> All right, okay. We've got a couple oh, of weeks to go. You got it. <laughs> All righty, shall we do a hot topic? Oh, yeah, let's go. Do you make time for hopes, dreams, fun, and play? Well, that's a lot of that's a lot of extraneous things <laughs> that is hard to fit in to like workaholism and the you know. <laughs> well, Anna certainly can't fit it in because she's too busy worrying about death. Oh my gosh, that's very true. It does take time. <laughs> it does occupy my brain power. Sure does. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what a shopping list of amazing things. Yeah. Can you yeah. repeat those one more time? Because like I yes. feel like it needs okay. to hit. Yes. Do you make time for hopes, dreams, fun, and play? Oh gosh, this is fantastic. I mean, the short answer is no, but... Well, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> Go on. And I mean, and it's a shit time of year, right? Like, everyone's just trying to make it through the day. It's still quite dark. Like, I mean, I'm praying for daylight to come, but I genuinely feel like there's a blanket of blackness outside my window right now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're not... We feel like those light nights are kind of far away and the days still feel short. Um, we still feel like we're kind of getting over Christmas 
everybody feels like January lasts twice as long as it should oh, do. Um, so, you know, we've got these things that are kind of there, which means, you know, thinking about kind of the future or thinking about how we can inject more funds, just like, you know, a lot of people haven't got the energy. I think there's been some issues with Mercury and retrograde if you're oh. into kind of stars and planets that mm-hmm. have again been kind of weighing this heavy energy on all of us. Mm. Um, oh, no wonder. Okay. Think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explains a lot, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I've got like 10 Word documents of unfinished business just sitting on my laptop and I'm like, God, why do I feel so heavy? Okay, thank yeah. you. Explain. Yeah, be why. <laughs> but I think if we break this down, really, this is kind of, for all those four things there, it's actually kind of two segments, isn't it? Hopes and dreams, that's like the future. So like, you know, what time do we make in our relationship to dedicate to kind of future dreaming, future kind of aspirations, um, things to look forward to? And what part do we dedicate to kind of fun and play? And I kind of see that as being kind of, mm. you know, the here and the now, like how are we kind of still injecting fun into kind of everything that we do? Mm-hmm. So I was listening to something a while ago and it was about um this hope and this aspiration and kind of how do we stay motivated in life Mm. and a lot of it is down to the the fact that we have things to look forward to and we can see some sort of future Mm. and I see that in lots of different areas of my life where you kind of and also like fun is one of my major strong values so if I feel like there isn't that kind of hope or future or the something to look forward to which kind of links with the fun and the playful aspect of life it's kind of like what's the point Mm. so if you feel like that about your relationship what's the point and you know don't get me wrong many of us feel like that on multiple different occasions Mm -hmm. but if that's your overriding thought right that's quite tricky to have a relationship under those circumstances right oh yeah and you've taught me a lot of having fun as a value, and that's something that is mm. a value of yours. I don't think that a Even lot of us... word makes me smile. Oh, you're so cute. Like, oh yeah, like a little child. Oh. <laughs> and that's, look, I, I don't know if others feel like this, but like fun is not something that's important to me because I couldn't wait to grow up because I didn't like being stuck as a kid and so fun for me is going backwards it's regressing and so I know that it's something that I really want to build because I tend to be very dour and like drag Mm. things into the serious all the time and you're right and not live for the present in a relationship I tend to value the serious because that's where I was always trying to get to in life um but you know there's always a time to realize you're not running from anything anymore like that monster that you were trying to run from is no longer there you're just now running from a ghost so I think I can start to kind of stop turn around and actually start to value fun but it's a learning I don't know about everybody out there listening but like to learn how to have fun and not take oneself so seriously is hard it's a process it is it is did you have to learn how to incorporate fun or was it always with you no um I don't think it was like I was quite um probably quite a miserable child actually (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah I don't think that I don't remember I think fun was always a value but I don't think I realized that it was a value and therefore it was probably regularly being trampled all over and um I regularly felt in conflict and kind of just like a bit of angst and and so I wouldn't have known at the at that point because I came to values quite late in life, mm. kind of what was going on or kind of what was missing out. Mm-hmm. One thing I do always know is that feeling that you get when you've had fun, like how brilliant it feels. Mm. When you've had like those nights out or those moments where 
you just kind of stepped away from a conversation, a situation, a night out, an event, whatever it was. And, and actually, it might not always be with other people. It might just be something that you've experienced yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you step away from that and you go, God, I really enjoyed that. Mm. And mm. that kind of sense of fulfillment, that sense of happiness, that inner smile and outer smile that comes as a result of that. Mm. Like, that's amazing, right? Yeah, and yeah. we get to create that anytime we want, really. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's true. Letting go of this seriousness is, yeah. is like number one. Letting go... Leaning in by letting go is, yeah. is the... And as I've got older, I've kind of noticed that comes more and more into play. So um, kind of in any work situations, like fun will have to come out. It cannot be too serious for too long. Mm. Like otherwise, it's like a little genie in the bottle. It just escapes and kind of spreads the fun amongst everybody. Um, but it's the same if I'm coaching. I kind of, I, I always inject a bit of fun into a coaching session. Always. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can see clients respond to that, you know, you can, it can lift the mood in some of the kind of darkest times. Mm -hmm. And obviously it has to be kind of well placed. I'm not, you know, unsympathetic to kind of where people are. So there's, there is always a time and a place, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe in the middle of a funeral service, although (laughs) even then, you know, I would want... There's some people. It was mine. I'd want people to be having fun there. I agree. There's a lot of people who are like, "Don't cry for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Celebrate for me." Yeah. And exactly. Make yeah. a funeral an irreverent experience. There's many yeah. people who, beyond the grave, would be smiling to know that people were making fun, and yeah, celebrating. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so true. So, so yeah. So I think there is this. Um, there is this need to have this in a relationship and I think there's a need to keep some of the, those lights alive mm-hmm. and really like look to the future as well to have that kind of have those hopes have those dreams have something that you've got to look forward to because they're the things that motivate us and and that's where because we're just coming around the new year and that's where I've mm. actually learned from a lot of my clients a lot of my clients kind of have this pattern already Uh, Funny enough, they're not the clients I'm coaching for relationship. I'm coaching them for career. Mm. But I get to inquire about their relationships. And I, you know, it's really interesting to realize where some people have just natural strengths and they're just kind of killing it and they're really, really strong. And the strongest couples or the strongest people are where they naturally have like a goal setting session at the start of every year. And they've, Mm. I heard from one client like, yeah, we've actually already sat down and what are our goals for this year and what are our longer term hopes and dreams? It's, mm. it's really cool to see. And it's essential. Yeah. You have to make it yeah. explicit. You don't just sort of leave it to chance that it'll happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, God, <laughs> I can speak from experience there, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in relationships where you just think, oh, yeah, that'll naturally work out. Organic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. naturally come to a conclusion about how we want to spend our free time oh together. God. What a load of bollocks that is. Bollocks And indeed. it doesn't happen, right? So we need to kind of be saying, like, you know, as you say at the start of the year, right, you know, if holidays are something that's key for you or, you know, spending vacation time together, whether you go away or don't go away, kind of, you know, what, how can you be quite explicit about what that would look like and what would kind of make you both happy in that situation? If it is going away, then, okay, well, how do we plan for that? How do we kind of maximize that time? How do we maximize the money that we've got? Like, it sounds yeah. really kind of sad, but actually they're the things that can help us to get the most out of life and to enjoy yeah. that kind of year ahead together and to have something to look forward to. 
Oh, that's so actually interesting because because I actually value adventure, like for me, adventure. Mm. But the thing yeah. is, I realize that I need to let go of my sense of adventure to let more fun in. Because um, mm. actually, adventure, I set up my life without responsibilities. So I have maximum flexibility, but that keeps me out of connection so I can mm. maximize my adventure. So a forward step for me would be to turn the dial down on adventure, which means reducing the independence, increasing connection, increasing interdependence, healthy interdependence, mm. where I may not take as many like last minute trips as I am able to take right now, but I can actually forward plan some fun with a person or with people yeah. or, um, which for, in some ways I might think, gosh, that's regressing. Cause I used to be able to like hop a plane whenever I wanted to. Cause I, de I depended on nobody. I needed nobody, mm. but for fun, I think that's something where I'm going to see like scheduling is sexy dreaming about something we're going to do in a year and a half is super sexy. So it's rebranding those associations and seeing that, you know, and of course not to say I can't have spontaneous stuff too, but yeah. Yeah. But this is where you've got kind of different values that come into play. So, you know, mm -hmm. how much to value connection. And when you say adventure, actually what I hear is freedom. That's a thing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the problem is that takes me so out of connection because it's yeah. hyper freedom. It's yeah it's reliant on nobody like yeah. man is an island that's where i'm at yeah, um, yeah. and that's yeah. and i but i desperately want connection but i but i want to stay on my island as well and i can't do both yeah 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 they're not <laughs> Sarah, uh, yeah i wish yeah. i could have both an island as well as a commune <laughs> the, the truth is though you probably don't want both oh, it's true I know it's true. It's true. I don't. <laughs> what I really want is a commune. I want community. And it means yeah. I have to give up on independence yeah. and relinquish myself to, to not just hopes and dreams by myself and not seeing mm. other people as these inconvenient impediments to my dreams, yeah. but actually seeing myself creating even better dreams in community yeah. with other people. <sighs> Oof. Yeah. Welcome to Anna's therapy session. I was going to say, <laughs> have we started the, uh, have we started the uh, clock? Did we hit record? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't help it, man. Just going through this. It's all, it's like a live wire. I'm like, what is recording a podcast and what is my own therapy? It's a blurry line, everyone. <laughs> it sure is. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen the film about a boy with <gasps> Hugh Grant? I did. I did a long time back though. I right. can't remember it. Rewatch it. Oh, oh, okay. It's part of your education and training. <laughs> well, I do like myself a lot of Hugh Grant. I cannot miss anything he's in, so I should probably. Okay. Rewatch it. Okay. Yes, Sarah. <laughs> yes, Coach that's your, Sarah. That's your homework for the week. I okay. like to set my uh, coaching clients some homework. That's yours. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, that sounds fantastic. I'm in. <laughs> um. Having to watch Hugh Grant, like you're not this is not a hardship <laughs> it's not it's not indeed yeah, one of my favorites <laughs> all right nice. so we are scheduling hopes dreams fun and play this year indeed get it on the agenda you've got it yeah <laughs> i think i can do it okay shall we move to a question yes let's go My husband's father has been sleeping on our couch for three years, exclamation mark. He doesn't wake up until 3pm and when he does wake up, he smokes in the kitchen 
even though he's got the door open, it still stinks. My husband is refusing to do anything about it. I can't take any more. Oh my gosh. So what do you think is wrong with this with this situation? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the planets are in retrograde. I'm like, this is really <laughs> this feels so smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes, you know, I would never do this. I would never have a reaction like this in a coaching session. My my brain is always like in a really different spot. But here is like there's this sense of like <laughs> Whoa, where do we start, right? Yeah. 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 What a situation. And yeah. I, I should say too, like, I am just going to comment that the person who's writing about this, like you can tell that there's been a number of boundary violations that have happened slowly and steadily over years, yeah. little, little allowances past boundaries to where you come to a situation where jaws drop. Yeah. Like how on earth did you get here, right? Well, one small boundary violation at a time. Yeah. Well, you can imagine the start of this, you know, three years ago, it was like, oh, you know, my dad's fallen on hard times. He just needs a place to stay for a few nights. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's my dad. We've got to help him out. Can't really turn family away. Like, you can just, you can see how it starts, right? Or, you know, it might not be my dad. It might be my sister. It might be my best friend. It might be anybody, you know. And then three years later, still kipping on the couch doing things that you wouldn't do in your house, mm -hmm. but he seems to get away with it because he's the dad. Yeah. You know, you can see the husband, by the sounds of it, isn't really, you know, getting to grips with this or doing anything about it. So, you know, often with parents, we, we regress really, really quickly. Oh, yeah. Move back to kind of that child-parent behavior. So we start to behave like kids again, even though we totally. are grown-ups and we've got our own kids and we've got a house and a mortgage and a job and, you know, a dog and all those other responsibilities. Yet we still kind of shrink back to that kind of child. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe there were some things in the past in that relationship where you couldn't stand up to his dad. He couldn't say what was on his mind, just had to kind of follow suit, be told what to do, was marginalised. You know, maybe all of that is kind of coming out of play. So you've got that mm -hmm. bit. You've then got kind of, well, actually, this is my house as well. So like you might be behaving kind of as you did as a child, but it's not my dad, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. and I'm being subjected to this. You know, if there were other family members, like not only that, like you've lost your living room, right? If somebody's keeping on the couch till three o'clock, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I can well believe it. My kids can stay in bed till three o'clock in the afternoon, but you know, if that's your couch, your main kind of family space, your kind of, your chill time, your chill zone and somebody's in there like all day and, and then doing things at home that you wouldn't do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you would never smoke inside your own premises and then somebody else is and thinks it's okay because the door's open, it's still gonna have an impact, isn't it? So mm -hmm. there's, I mean, this is just kind of boundaries through and through, isn't it? So there's mm -hmm. no... There's no boundaries, there's no accountability, there's no um, there's no agreement about kind of what's going to happen. There's no exit plan being arranged here at all. Mm -hmm. There's just an acceptance that we're in a crap situation and we're going to stay with it because actually we don't, either we don't want to face up to dealing with it or we don't know how to, or we've got this real strong sense of obligation, which means that we can't. Well, and there's also the moving goalpost thing. And, and I coach mm -hmm. a lot of folks who 
if you were to have told this person, this writer, that three years later, this is what this would look yeah. like, they'd be like, no effing way. But the thing yeah. is, there's always this hope around every corner. Oh, just another month. His luck yeah. has turned. He said yeah. that the sister's now going to take him in. And what happens yeah. is, like, if we don't watch ourselves and put some mile markers in the ground, yeah. Yeah. we end up waking up years later yeah. when we would never have permitted this if we had had some sort of ad hoc um, yeah. planning. So when I come mid story to this situation with a client where there's a lot of boundary violations, there's the status quo, they feel like mm. they're kind of dug in where they can't say anything anymore. We dig ourselves out with one mile marker at a time, which is, okay, what needs to happen by next month to give you the sense that something is ever going to change, right? And yeah. what needs to happen three, you know, how many months will you give it for this particular, so no, he's got to get a job. Okay. Well, how much time do we give him for that? Three months. Mm. Okay. So by three months, if he hasn't got a job, we know this ain't going anywhere and more extreme measures might have to take place. But if you're sticking yeah. with the program, this is what progress would look like in incrementally. Yeah. And so that's what I find. Cause yeah, I don't coach folks at the beginning of the situation. I coach them when they're just dead stuck in the quicksand mm. right in the middle. But yeah. there, but there is hope, but, um, you know, it's funny too, like the person who, who's writing in, they're much more comfortable writing to, to writing in for advice than they are speaking up in their own relationship. Yeah. Well, I suppose we don't know what conversations have happened. I kind of get a sense that this isn't a kind of, you know, I've said nothing and I'm now kind of writing to you. I kind of think there's been some conversations, but there's no action. And that's a thing. So maybe... Maybe direct conversations, maybe sarcasm, maybe mm. passive aggressiveness, but not action, not boundary setting and sticking mm. to the boundaries. We know that yeah. for sure. We know that for yeah. sure. I think there's two things here. One is, um, as you say, kind of, you know, where does it want to get to? What's the time scale? Like, I would always start at the end and then kind of work backwards. Like, okay, what needs to be put in place then for that to happen? Mm -hmm. What needs to happen before that? What, you know, kind of start to work back to come up with a plan. But the other thing is what what is within your gift? Mm. What are you where are your limits? Mm. And what needs to happen in order for you not to reach some of those limits? And then also mm. kind of if you do get there, like what are you gonna do about it? What is your plan? So I think there's a kind of what can we work on together as a family? Mm -hmm. But also I think there is a kind of, you know, what am I, you know, what am I prepared to accept and tolerate and what am I not? Because I don't think that that part of it has probably happened. Hmm. Hmm. So there's a drift in that's happened that's got you to kind of three years and your father-in-law is still on the couch. Yeah. Kip until three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've also mentioned just how unhealthy that is for kids to have yeah. this sort of situation playing out. Like, it's super important, if you can, for everybody to have their own bedroom and their own private space. Yeah. If we haven't mentioned that already, it's important to mention. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's not always a luxury that everybody's got. It's true. It's it's true. I, I think where there is the luxury, where there could be another yeah. way, that's where the dysfunction comes. Because yeah. if it's out of necessity, there, the thing is, if, if it is out of necessity, and there are people in the world who have to do that, they will mm. often, or at least the ideal sort of scenario is that they still create boundaries, even when there are limiting, limited yeah. resources and, and a lot of yeah, constraints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, unfortunately this, this father's just running roughshod over this family, essentially. 
Absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, it is one of the first steps just actually reclaim ownership of the lounge, you know. Mm-hmm. And that might not be all the time, but, you know, how do you get into a kind of, you know, actually between the hours of 10 and, you know, 10 at night or whatever, it's this this room is a lounge, you know, where it kind of it needs to come back to that function mm-hmm. so that we can spend time together as a family. And in order to do that, da, 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 here, the, here are the kind of three things that we need to follow as a family and we will help you to do that. Um, but, you know, we have to kind of get into this sort of routine or rhythm in order to start to function and to have that family time back again. True. You know, that could be one of the first steps to start and to put in place some boundaries and allowing people to move towards those boundaries. So it's not about, you know, when we come to boundary setting, it's not about kind of hard, hard and fast yes, yeses and nos. You know, we have to have some sort of flexibility, compassion. We have to understand that change takes time and we can't just kind of, you know, right, I've made my mind up now. You need to get on the program. Otherwise, mm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some kind of, you know, let's not throw compassion and kindness out with this. But I'll also be compassionate about your <laughs> lack of compassion because I realized you finally reached out because you were at the end of your rope. So there's no, yeah. compa- you know, there's compassion fatigue. So unfortunately, you kind of have to fake it till you make it with just trying to lump on some compassion when you might not have any. And that's where you reach yeah. out to people, friends, you have yeah, to yeah. rant a bit, et cetera. So yeah. the, but the, the critical piece here is working as a team. And this is where yes. couples will die on the field is when... Yeah. The partner is like, that's it. This needs to change. And the child, the husband in this case, yes. is terrified and can't feels like they can't stand up to their parent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how do you work as a team to be able to... So assertiveness, but also kindness and working as a team to be able to help this partner who's terrified to speak to their dad. And this didn't happen yesterday, right? No, of course it didn't. And I think it's about this, this comes down to you are a team. So how do you play to your strengths in that situation? Mm-hmm. How do I know that I'm going in and I'm doing this and I'm not alone anymore? Because there's that kind of when we flip back into childhood, we're back to that kind of, you know, it's me against the rest of the world. It's me against my father, my mother, my siblings, kind of whatever it is, we'll go back to that where we feel very much alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different when you're in a relationship, your strongest source of support you know, in most cases, should be your partner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and especially in a situation like this, where it's something where you are kind of having to, you know, go in and do a little bit of battle for your own kind of family situation. So it's about saying, you know, and it's also kind of, you know, that that is their home. It's not his home. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it is their home and they've invited him into that. Mm -hmm. So it's about saying, look, I'm here to support you. I want us to tackle this together. And let's work out, you know, our position on that Mm -hmm. and who's going to do what and kind of where some of the strengths are in that. So his strength might not be speaking up to his father. She may not have the same emotional attachment. It's not her father. Yeah. So she can kind of lead with that and he can kind of, as long as he's there to back her up and then doesn't Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, cave at the last minute. Mm Yeah. And that, and we're, when we're doing the good cop, bad cop, and that is critical. It's like, you may not, you want to, you may want to do the good cop and have your partner go out in the front line and be the bad cop, but you cannot let them fall under the bus. Like you can't, you know, when, and again, these manipulative patterns, I'll bet you that, you know, that father doesn't want change. He is very comfortable with how things are. So he's going to use guilt and manipulation and and shame 
shaming his son to try to keep the status quo. And he's going to lash out at the partner who tries to counter otherwise. Yeah. So it's a hard job to hold the line be like, yeah, dad, whatever she says is what I say. Yeah. You know, it's things using phrases like, do you know what? Yes, I think that Katrina has got a point. I think enough is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's being able to kind of back the other person up, you know, it's and it's not about doing it in a harsh way. You know, it's about saying, look, we're really, really sympathetic to kind of where you are. However, you know, we have to look at this is three years on and nothing's changing. Mm -hmm. This was never meant to be a permanent solution. Yeah, that's fantastic words right there. Yeah. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What she said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. These things are hard, right? Like, we get torn between kind of, you know, wanting to do the right thing, wanting to please kind of everybody. We're being drawn into this triangular situation where kind of we're trying to meet everybody's needs at the same time. And probably we're the last person in the scenario that ever gets their needs met because we're too busy trying to pacify everybody else. So these situations are not easy to deal with. But I would say kind of three years is quite a long time to be in that situation. And sometimes you have to draw a line and say, do you know what? We've kind of gone too far now. Yeah. And as you say, like fast forward three years, six years, ten years, if you're still sleeping on the couch, like where does that, how does that make you feel? That is a very common question. If nothing has changed and it's five years from now and possibly even worse. Now he's created his own... I don't know, encampment where he's yeah. now taken over 90% of the living room. Yeah. Yeah. And if they, you're like, well, hell no. Well, it's like, well, then we've got to excavate because it's not going to yeah. just naturally go away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of the other things in terms of, um, you know, a boundary setting thing that comes up, I don't know why I'm thinking about this uh, of late, but if you enter a new relationship, a lot of the time people will come into a relationship with baggage of ongoing contact with exes. Mm. And it's like, oh, it's a temporary thing. They're just going through some tough times. We're just friends, et cetera. But, you know, you can sort of fast forward five years and your partner is having like regular deep heart to hearts with exes. And you're like, that is interrupting in our, um, you know, which makes me think sometimes when partners are like, that's not cool. Sometimes we try to defend, well, no, but it's okay. You know, in this case, it's my dad. He's on hard Mm. times or, well, it's my ex and we're just friends. And, Mm. you know, we're just, we like to talk about this, that, or she's going through hard times. At the end of the day, when your partner brings up, this is this, I'm not comfortable with this. And, you know, they're, they're trying to point out, you've got a boundary violation. One of your boundaries is being violated. You're not standing Mm. up for yourself. And we try to stay in denial and defend because it's hard to set up boundaries. And sometimes our partner, if, if it's a healthy relationship, can be the truth teller to point us out where, where we have unhealthy patterns. And yeah. Yeah, I think what I'd say in that though, because when it comes to boundaries, right, we have to develop our own boundaries. We have to create boundaries that are right for us. And that scenario with the kind of the ex and the relationship, like what your view of the relationship and how it should be and what's acceptable to you may be different to your new partner. Mm-hmm. And you have to both be able to kind of say what your boundaries are in that situation. And if they're different, which can often be the case, it's about saying, okay, how can we work together then to find a level that we're both comfortable with? Mm, okay. 
there's one partner and this very this very thing came up with a client before christmas um you know one partner may be kind of like and this wasn't the client experience obviously because we'll share that but the you know one partner as an example the new one might say you are not allowed to have any contact with that person whatsoever at all mm-hmm. but the exist you know the person that's just come out of relationship or whatever might say well actually no and that's not possible because you know they're the father to my children or um actually I think of them like a sister they're they're kind of part of my family we've been together for that long like I don't want to completely sever all ties with the relationship so then you've got two very very different of, of opinions about what boundaries are acceptable in that situation true but to the second person, I would say be on to yourself because you may be holding on to something out of guilt or out of unresolved feelings that to really move on in your life, you need to let go. Just saying. Possibly, possibly not. Yeah. Possibly, possibly not. Yeah. Co- coach Deathmatch. Ah, Coach Deathmatch. <laughs> I think, you know, and the reason why I bring this up is because as I think about it, like, I'm moving from my second relationship, probably the most complicated of them. And, you know, there's part of you that is terrified of change and wants to keep bringing things forward into your future from your past. And I can bullshit myself really well. And I have to look at myself and say, what do you need to let go of to actually move forward? Because I could give myself rationalizations till Sunday and beyond of like, why this, that, and the other. And and Mm. I agree with that, right? A long second relationship right oh well you know just saying boundaries but then also be on to yourself yeah yeah absolutely I'm a complex right so it is but I think it you know it comes down to knowing yourself and being true to yourself Mm. and not letting others kind of sway you too much from that yeah true and you may or may not be making the right choice about that but it's still your choice not somebody else's true because I think that's where you get resentment that kind of creeps into a relationship is where actually that wasn't even my decision you made me do that Ah, and I wasn't comfortable with that true sometimes we have to come to the realizations ourselves yeah oh my gosh true in fact most of the time we need to yeah yeah (laughs) so anyway I feel like we've digressed from the question but it's always fun it's (laughs) always fun and you're right we came very close to a death match we do need to have another death match soon we do we do yeah Absolutely. <laughs> Tis the season, first death match of the of the new year. It's just too cold though, Sarah. I feel like uh yeah, I'd have to take to my gloves. Right I I I I'd yeah. have to come out of my blanket. How we schedule yeah. a death match for like May thirtieth? How's that? Okay. Yeah, right. let's do it. Find something to argue about. Feisty back then, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh, something'll come up, it always does. Oh well yeah, I feel for the listener and uh it's not an easy one to tackle. Oh, yeah. Start small. Start with some small kind of you know, implement some small, short, steady, easy to do boundaries yeah. and then progress from there. You've got it. But stick together, team up, oh, be yeah. friends, be on the same side. Don't let this be the thing that kind of drives a wedge between you. And remember, just like children, right? Manipulative children, they are going to look for the chink in the armor, right? So yeah. this father is going to depend on and look for lack of cohesiveness yeah. He'll work you because nobody likes yeah. change, right? He doesn't want to yeah. change. He's comfortable with the way things are. So you have to yeah. be so locked up with each other because a boundary violation yeah. is going to look for weakness in your teamwork so yeah. that it can continue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Good luck. 
Okay. Yes. And when well. in doubt, just sell the house. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. We sold the house. Well, as long as you sell the house together and just... <laughs> uh, that's the thing, right? You could... No forward and address, Dad. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Movers are coming, you know, this day, and uh, you'll either yeah, be on the couch or going yeah. with the couch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I would have told you, but we had that conversation before 3 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. Family oh. meetings are at noon, so you missed it. Yeah, you missed it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I wish, but you can never do that, guys. You actually have to do the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> be funny, though. Oh, it would be funny. Oh, totally. Oh. oh. So you're going to go and dance with the delights of Athens Ooh, yeah. this week? Yeah, well, actually, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So I keep my late schedule. So I'm usually kind of coaching yeah. till like 11 at midnight. Hopefully, like, mm. The good thing is there's still some something always open in Athens uh, late at night because these people are like notoriously like late partiers. Mm-hmm. I go to a restaurant. And there's a whole family eating at like one in the morning. It's so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a different world, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm tucked up in my bed by 10 o'clock. Right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, these people. It's like, right, where well, in fact, it's almost time for my pajamas, Anna. Yes, indeed it is, indeed it is. Oh. Oh. Well, stay warm. The sun yes, will come out tomorrow. Yes, and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and enjoy your um, enjoy your, your trip. Enjoy, <gasps> Thank you. I should say extended trip, you're only in week two. I am, I know, mm. I know, it's crazy. Time is tiny both flying bit, and not flying. Tiny bit jealous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yes, enjoy. And we look forward to hearing more about it next week. Indeed, indeed. All righty. All right. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.